Welcome to the Perfume Room. Today's scent of the day is inspired by our incredible guest who you will hear from later, but I am wearing none other than Dead Cool 03 Blonde. Blonde is the violet saffron combo of my dreams. It's this like leathery, sweet floral. I kind of see it as an evening scent, perfect for date night, going out. It's very unisex, although I will say it is currently daytime and I am doused in it. But I see sort of like a dark purple hue associated with it. And to me, the best way to describe the smell is kind of like the inside of a makeup bag. If that makeup bag were in a leather purse and also in that leather purse somewhere is a package of violet candies. If you've smelled Byredo Black Saffron, there's definitely a similar vibe, but I would say the main difference is that where black saffron skews more leathery, I would say that blonde skews a bit more floral. Also, it's a lot cheaper. A full bottle of Dead Cool is $90, and it is worth noting that it is clean, cruelty-free, sustainable, and vegan. Okay, let's get on to the perfume juice. Today's perfume juice is actually a rant. Why, in 2021, when we know that the word oriental is offensive, are we still using it to describe an entire family of fragrances? Classically trained perfumers may disagree, but from my understanding and my studies, oriental fragrances refer to any fragrance that is made up of an amber accord. Okay, so then why not just rename that family Amber Fragrances? Which, by the way, today's Perfume 101 is all about the amber accord, so if you are confused what exactly that is, definitely keep listening. So I've been reading articles about the case for and against continuing to use this term, and basically people who are for it say that it is much more all-encompassing than just referring to that family as an amber family. In addition to the amber accord, oriental fragrances refer to any fragrance that is woody, warm, spicy, sensual, and again, air quotes, exotic. Why do I find this problematic? Because this is, again, all about our Western gaze on Eastern culture. And if you are listening to this and you're like, no, Emma, there's a real reason why we have to continue this term, let me know. I'm definitely open to hearing why. And let me know if you guys agree or disagree. And before we get to our episode, let me just answer the TikTok question of the day, which comes from CH and the city or Chand the city. My gut tells me it's CH and the city or Ch and the city. And they would like to know where I get my fabulous samples. So I get my samples either direct from the brand, from a decant site, or from a sample site. So either a brand will send me stuff to try or I'll order it directly from their website, or I go to a decant site like Fragrance Decant Boutique. I like them because they always send spray bottles. I use Twisted Lily. Again, that's a great sample site, but they send spray bottles, which I love. Perfume Court is great for exploring fragrances. They have amazing discovery kits that they curate themselves, so you could potentially try fragrances that all have the same note or all from the same family or perfumer, fragrance house. And then the last one I use is Lucky Scent. They do send dabbers, which I don't love. However, Lucky Scent has amazing, hard to find niche fragrances. So they are wonderful for that. Let's get to our guest, shall we? In today's episode, I speak to one of my perfume heroes, Karina Chaz. Karina is the founder and perfumer of Dead Cool, which is a sustainable, unisex, vegan, cruelty-free perfume brand based out of LA that is truly changing the fragrance game. Karina totally defies the perfumer profile. She's 27 years old, she's self-taught, and oh, the number one bestseller perfume in her line is one that she created when she was 13. For reference, when I was 13, I was three-way prank calling pizza restaurants. 
fragrance. In this episode, you'll hear all about Karina's favorite fragrances, the dead cool scent that Miley Cyrus wears. Yes, Miley Cyrus wears dead cool. How Karina got dead cool into Barney's. R.I.P. Great store. And her process and motivation for creating what is honestly one of the coolest perfume companies out there. And guess what, Perfume Room listeners? Karina is offering a special 15% discount on any dead cool purchase you make to listeners of this pod. Simply use the code COOL15 at checkout to take advantage of 15% off of any purchase. On to the episode. Karina, hi. Thank you so much. Welcome to Perfume Room. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. This is super fun. I love doing podcasts. I haven't done one in a while, so it's great to get back on. Well, it's great to have you on. This is a new pod, so it's going to be a super fun time. But do you have a signature scent? So it's funny you ask. Uh, I do get this question a lot. I do have a signature scent, but of course, being a perfumer and the nose of my perfume company, I definitely evolve with my scents and I create the scent profiles based off of what I'm liking in the moment mm-hmm. um, on my personal palette. So I would say my go-to dead cool scent or even like other brands, I definitely draw inspiration from, but it definitely evolves with, you know, what I'm liking, what scent profiles are really just interesting to me in that moment. And of course, like as I grow older and as I, you know, become more mature, I like different things. And it's interesting to see because I am exploring with scent profiles I never thought I would like. Is there one in particular that you're just like, I used to hate that and now this is my vibe? Yeah. So uh, starting out when I created Dead Cool, I brought on two fragrances, fragrance one and fragrance two. Mm -hmm. I'd say fragrance two was the Dead Cool original fragrance because uh, fragrance one had been already created and Dead Cool was specifically, I'm sorry, fragrance two was specifically for the Dead Cool brand. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've smelled it, it's very deep, a lot of sandalwood, juniper berries, which is also kind of like a very sexy, smoky scent. And I would say that was really my go-to when cultivating the brand. And now at this point in time, I like a lot of uh, ambers, something I never necessarily liked. I'm really into coriander, which is something I'm also working on. And Mm -hmm. funny enough, I never liked rose and I feel like I've kind of perfected a rose in my own way and kind of emulating it based off of my interest and how we can infuse uh, certain like woody notes to it. So mm-hmm. uh, I would say milk fragrance is my go-to. Um, that's really the reason why I started making fragrance. Uh, for those of you who don't know, milk is our layering scent and it's the base of all of our dead cool fragrances. So mm-hmm. I actually launched it a year ago and it is the best selling fragrance we've ever had. And my second go-to, which you know, milk also works as a layering agent and a fragrance enhancer. Madonna Lily is something that I'm always grabbing, you know, gravitating towards. That's more of like a really bright uh, black pepper, sandalwood, amber blend. I like more woody and earthy green florals as opposed to like traditional uh, vanilla. And, you know, when you're talking about fragrance, there's so many uh, different notes, but traditionally speaking right now, I'm very into the woody notes. It's so interesting you say that because, you know, you sent me your whole line and I reviewed them and it, I mean, they're amazing. I love them. And I can tell you my personal opinions too, if you, if you'd like, but it's such a, it's such an evolution. And I feel like I wanted to learn more about 
it, you know, it's interesting you talk about like how they they sort of evolve with you as you grow. And I was sort of wondering, like, is this a representation? Is each fragrance a representation of your evolving taste? Because, you know, you start with a one and it's this like really sweet, like sexy feminine scent that feels like almost like girly and playful. And then I loved O2 because it felt like it had this like je ne sais quoi, like sort of like it girl. I mean, it's unisex, obviously, but it had this sort of like vibe of like, it has a sweetness, but it's woody. And then that patchouli, I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, you know, your fragrances, <laughs> but I, I just loved the evolution. And um, it was, it was really interesting seeing your original line compared to your second and just seeing like the complexities and the, the evolution. And I felt like the new ones you sent, I felt like had a little bit more green notes mm -hmm. than, than the first one. Do you feel like that's accurate or? So it's funny because when you look back, I started Dead Cool in 2016 and we mm -hmm. really didn't take off until 2017. When I started Dead Cool, like I said, it really composed of two fragrances, one and two. One had represented a much younger side. I created that fragrance when I was 13 and fragrance two again, okay, like flex. Flex on making <laughs> I, perfume when you're 13. Yeah, it was, it was more of like a fun hobby and not a lot of people know this, but I created that blend. And then for some reason it got into the hands of the twilight franchise and they had offered to purchase. Okay. Wait, that. what? Wait, wait, <laughs> twilight found. Okay. So you're like a 13 year old girl. Yes. You make a perfume, Twilight finds it. I don't know. I think it was like a friend of a friend. It got into someone's hand. And when this happened, I was, let's see, it was 2012. So I was 18 and they had asked if I wanted to sell them the composition. And at that point in time, I had no idea where I was going. If it was fragrance, I just mm -hmm. did it for, you know, my own personal likes and hobbies. And mm -hmm. I said, no. <laughs> And I was able to work on a panel. I offered them to work on their panel to create. It was, you know, like kitschy makeup and stuff that people made for movies. This feels like a Disney Channel original movie of like <laughs> the girl goes to like the executive suite and is like more amber. No, yeah. less bergamot. <laughs> like It was kind of like that, but you know, I didn't really have much of a say. It was more mm. so like, I like these and I can help you. And fragrance is a very uh, male dominated industry. And being an 18 year old girl with no experience, I'm a self-taught perfumer. I didn't really get the best response, but it did teach me how to properly make perfume and understand the art of making fragrance, mm -hmm. which is very tricky. I still do like my kind of grassroots, funky way of creating fragrance. And I always find that to be the most successful. Mm -hmm. So going back, I learned how to make fragrance properly. And then that's how fragrance two came to be. And I was 21 at the time, like got rid of my fake ID, started going clubbing with all my friends. And mm -hmm. that was kind of like who I was at that time. Like it was a very sexy nighttime fragrance that was like, I'm kind of punk, but I'm also kind of cool. And it's funny now because a lot of my friends still wear that fragrance and it's something like I won't touch now. And I still love those fragrances. I just feel like maybe I grow out of them in some way. Right. I'm 27, which I'm like, oh my God, like how did that even happen? Mm -hmm. But I find myself even gravitating more towards like accessible fragrances. So looking at the dead cool journey and looking at how I've cultivated these scents and really composed them. It's funny because I had an idea of what dead cool was or what I wanted it to be in 2018. Mm -hmm. So I started with the two, we had a big wholesale business at that time. And it was really just me knocking on people's doors and calling them and sending them samples. And they always loved the 
fragrances and we did well in stores. And then of course things shift, you have to pivot. Um, we started focusing on direct to consumer and my goal in 2018 at the time, and I'm so happy I achieved it. I wanted to be in Barney's that kind of gave me this understanding of RIP. Yeah, I know. It's funny. I wa- I saw a meme that was like, everything turned to shit when Barney's closed. And that was January. That was like the milestone. Uh Uh-huh. Damn. Okay. Yeah. And at that point in time, I was still very focused on wholesale. And I, you know, this 23-year-old girl at the time, I was like, I want to get my fragrances on the same shelf as the Labo by Rado, all of these amazing fragrances that really paved the way for complex perfumery Mm -hmm. and really like changing that construct. And it's funny because I had, I tried everything everything to get into Barney's. I called everyone, like knocked on everyone's door and it never really seemed to work. And then all of a sudden one day, just out of the blue, complete random coincidence. They had reached out to me and they said they were interested in trying our fragrance for a pop-up. We had the opportunity. If it did well, they would keep us. So this is a year before closing. Mm -hmm. And at that point I was like, I want to go after Byredo. I want to go after La Labo. We did super well at Barney's. Uh, We started in Madison and then we launched in all of them. And at that point I was like half living in LA, half living in New York, doing a lot of trainings, working with the staff. And the series two really came to be because I wanted this more not older demographic, but more of like a complex fragrance wearer Mm -hmm. or or someone who is interested in kind of like, you know, very sophisticated fragrance. When you look at collection one, it's wearable, easy to try on, discoverable. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at series two, it's a little bit more unique and complicated in the Mm -hmm. fragrance composition. It's funny now looking at that point in my career and looking at today where I thought I knew everything and now I know nothing and we're really like taking a 360 and Deadpool is very much a grassroots bootstrapped company and it's crazy to see this be a very serious entity at this point in time where, you know, we have a lot of demands, we have a lot of deliverables and we have to listen to our consumer. So once Barney closed, I kind of took the opportunity to focus on direct to consumer and really understand that business and retail stores like were shifting and mm-hmm. the pandemic hit. We doubled our business in the time. I mean, we're still in the pandemic, but the start of March. And at this point in time, the start of 2021, we decided to restructure hundred percent and really figure out how we are going to be this brand, how we're going to shift people's thinking. And it's funny now because for so long I had wanted dead cool to be a fragrance brand. And now it's more so like understanding how fragrance can be a part of your day-to-day life and creating this like functional side of detergent and car fragrances. Like how can you experience fragrance in your daily life? And I think now with the understanding of what people want, what people need, and of course, like valuing the things that I want and need and pushing in more of a direction of creating this everyday useful product. That's I mean, yeah, I just think it's it's an incredible amount of success that you've had. And I was looking at just how you've expanded to other products with the Chaz sticks and the, also love the puns. 
plastics, <laughs> yep. detergent. But it's it's amazing because people think perfume and they think if they don't wear specifically like perfume or cologne that it doesn't appeal to them. And I feel like Dead Cool is really showing that fragrance is about the experience and about how you can identify with fragrance. And so something as seemingly basic as detergent could be your smell if you are not someone who wears fragrance normally. You're expanding in ways that aren't obvious. They're like hindsight obvious, right? right. It's like, why didn't we do detergent? But I don't know anyone else who's doing detergent. Right. And that's kind of like the obscurity and our offerings is really based off of the fun part about having your own brand and not following what everyone else is doing because there's, to me, there's no fun in that. And like I said, in 2021, or like the start of 2021, we restructured and focused on who we are, our mission values, how we're going to really stand out. And we're not going to that by Rado customer. We're not going after the Lalabo customer. Mm-hmm. We're going to own the space we're in, which we are sustainable. We don't use water in our fragrances. We have a better composition than all of these brands. And the people who are buying these brands which are amazing. They're not necessarily looking to change, which is fine. So Mm -hmm. now it's about focusing on a greater and bigger vision, like how we can create more of like identity within our fragrances to the consumer, Mm -hmm. how we can create this layering that people want to make their own fragrances and how they use fragrance in their day-to-day life in terms of like, are you going to wear the same fragrance you're wearing to work, to dinner or on a date Mm -hmm. or a night out? however it is and how you want to express yourself is really where we're kind of creating bigger and better offerings. Right. Okay. So I have to ask, circling back to like everything we just talked about, what are you currently wearing right now? Um, so I'm actually, we're in talks with a big company doing a collaboration, which is funny because my marketing team is like, yeah, we could do it. But like, I think we could go better. And I'm like, oh my God, what's better than that? I need perspective. And also like being a creative, I'm also needing the structure. So I hired an amazing marketing team that will take me to the next level. And mm-hmm. so right now I'm wearing one of our three fragrance options or picks. And mm. if we do the collaboration, which we might, and maybe we won't, it'll be launching next year, this time next year. And yeah. So prior to this call, we had a meeting and I was like putting on all the fragrances, but I am actually wearing, I'm trying to like test other, I'm very picky when it comes to fragrance, even like scented products. Mm-hmm. And I really do love the Nuco and I do love Aesop fragrances. Yeah. So I wear them just as a consumer and I kind of draw inspiration. Like I think they did their rose scent, uh, Aesop, their rose scent mm-hmm. is really beautiful. And I'm like, huh, I didn't realize I liked rose and, you know, looking in the fragrance notes and kind of understanding how they've constructed this. Um, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I, I don't really stray away from dead cool, but sometimes I'm like, huh, gonna like cheat on my brand today and wear the new co. It's a little competitive research. Yeah, we have definitely had a few, uh, I wouldn't say criticism, but a lot of people had mentioned in the past that the fragrances were a little too masculine, like in general. And again, for me, having this be like my fragrance brand, it really Mm. emulates and stems from my personal likes. And I had always been a more masculine fragrance wear and I couldn't find anything that I liked Mm -hmm. because of course like 
prior to 2016, no one was really talking about like genderless beauty. And even if you can call fragrance beauty, but genderless product offerings. Right. I never, you know, growing up, I hated the pink sugars that all my friends would Mm -hmm. wear or like Marc Jacobs. It's just not something that I would wear to represent myself. I've always been like a tomboy in some way. And that is really like how I represent myself aesthetically and scent is so strong in how you represent yourself. So even trying um, more masculine fragrances like tailored towards men, which again, like I don't necessarily, it's all marketing, like fragrance is subjective. You shouldn't have to tailor it based off of that, but it's just, you know, 90s marketing and Mm -hmm. even like way before that. But looking back at like, you know, CK1, that was the first unisex fragrance. And it was something no one had heard of or even thought about. And just this idea of like, I'm a female, I want to wear a more masculine scent profile. I might want to wear like a suit as opposed to a dress. And that's just me. And all the male fragrance offerings or quote unquote male fragrance offerings uh, were very strong and like traditionally using, you know, the notes that you would think more on a masculine scale, which again, like is so silly to think about. Right. Like what makes you associate a certain leaf or plant with being masculine? I think it's, it's such a construct to me. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I even remember at Barney's, this was in 2018, they were like, so you're going to be on the fragrance wall. That's like for women because you're a woman. And I'm like, okay, but if you really look at the fragrance profiles, it's like, I would say tailors to more masculine, but again, Mm -hmm. there's just, this is all just made up. And I thought it was really crazy and annoying, but I ended up getting my way. As you should. (laughs) Yeah. We were on both fragrance walls. And I mean, now it's just like open conversation. People are looking at fragrance and beauty differently and Mm -hmm. really wanting to understand like how you can highlight fragrance and no, I mean, Traditionally speaking, vanilla is a female fragrance profile, Right. but we have like 50% of men wearing fragrance one, which is again, like traditionally speaking should be tailored towards women. But again, like we don't put any labels. The best was when I saw like Glossier U, they were like, we're unisex, but it's like pink. Right. Right, right, right. It's like like, not something that you're going to gravitate towards if you're thinking of the mindset of like unisex or... Exactly. I mean, I just... I think it's really interesting because so many fragrances that I like that are like marked as for men or masculine cologne specifically, there are unisex scents that were like, I love Dior Homme. Mm -hmm. I love Vetiver by Guerlain. Like there are so many scents that are, these are for men, but it's like, no, they're not because I just put them on and they smell great on me. And I feel like you sort of were like ahead of the trend, but even just fragrance is like a microcosm of just the way that people are moving to view gender in general. Like if you go on TikTok right now, which like, that's where I'm at. I'm hanging with those Gen Z kids. Yeah. you like it's so, it wasn't a thing when I was in high school to consider yourself non-binary it, it, it wasn't even in the lexicon like we just didn't even know it was an option and today I feel like youth are so much more open to just exploring or understanding that they don't fit in the confines of like male or female and I, I think that beauty can pave the way for certain trends to to follow and vice versa. Exactly. And I feel like now we're having a lot of conversations, just people in general. And 
it's so interesting because again, with my new marketing um, agency I'm working with, they've showed me so much and have educated me on like generations and how the millennials are trending consumers and what they're using and then Gen Z. And for a long time, I thought of myself as a millennial, but now doing the research and now having a better understanding, I'm technically a zillennial, which is like, you know, you were, you had social media in high school, but it didn't really like to find you in these like early stages of your adolescence years. And then I was like, okay, I thought Gen Z was this, but now I really understand what Gen Z is. And I'm like, I want to be a part of Gen Z. So we're definitely kind of focusing on a more like Gen Z approach because they just know what's up. Like they're, they're activists. Like I want, I, it's so funny in my office, like we joke, I'm like, I'm Gen Z. Like (laughs) I want to be, and like my office assistant is uh, technically Gen Z and she's like, I feel like I'm more millennial. And I'm like, that's so interesting because all of my like life values and everything that I'm like striving for, like I want to be, you know, the subject of change. And I think it's awesome. So definitely we're going to be on TikTok. We're going to create a lot of conversation around giving people the opportunity to express themselves with scent, giving people the opportunity to really just focus on their personal aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Deadpool is built on that. We've always been unisex. We've always been sustainable. And this is not just like a marketing thing for us, but now it's time to really focus on uh, getting that out there. And of course, just like, you know, owning the space and driving for better missions and copy and all of the good stuff that comes with marketing team. But that's amazing. I mean, I I look forward to seeing you guys on TikTok, duetting the vids. I mean, I also feel like I identify with that Gen Z audience. And like, at first I thought, you know, I'm 29. So I'm just like a few years older. Um, And I was like, okay, I feel like I have a lot of like 16 and 17 year olds who are turning to me. And at first I felt like I was sort of like an older sister role, but now I'm like, I can't separate the line anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, being millennial is everything that goes with it. Like I'd rather, I'd rather go Gen Z, but I'm not on the cusp. Like I'm very much a middle, I guess. I don't know what, I don't know the years, but like, I'm definitely a millennial, but yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And I want to ask, you have so many different fragrances in your line. Are there ones that you first come to your mind? Like what you'd wear, which of your fragrances would you wear for an important interview for a first date for a uh, dinner for a friend's birthday? Like a, you're sitting on your couch doing nothing. Like, are there ones that you would be like this for that, this for that, this for that? So I feel like when I'm stuck on a fragrance, I really just wear it until I'm like sick of it. Mm -hmm. And I feel lucky I do have options. Like I can wear, you know, I have endless perfume. So, or fragrance. And it's funny because for, you know, the past year I've been wearing Madonna Lily, but now it's more so like layering them and exploring and experiencing. And as we kind of speak about where Dead Cool is going, we're focusing a lot on how people create their own wear within the range. So it's a lot of experimenting. And when it comes to like, you know, sitting around at home, I would probably wear the same thing as I would like on a sexy date night or something with my partner. Mm -hmm. But it's, I'm learning from the consumer and I'm learning from my friends who do use the fragrance and they're like, Oh, like I layered this one in this one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, I never thought about that. It's so contrasting, but it kind of like works. And again, like everyone kind of wants to have their own scent. So that's kind of where we're really like focusing on. Love it. 
I love it. I feel similarly, like I definitely, I sort of like to say like, what's my mood today when I pick out a fragrance? But with that, if I love a fragrance, I will wear it for any occasion. And I also relate to what you were saying about just all of a sudden your nose is changing because I'll go through a phase where I'm like, I do love orange blossom. I didn't think I loved orange blossom. And then I'll get orange blossom out and I'm like, okay, on to rose. And then I'm like, wait, actually I want to smell suede fragrances. And it's just, it's fun to just like wear something until you, until you're, you're ready to move on to the next thing. Yep. That's literally me at this point in time. And I haven't made fragrance for a long time. So Mm. it's funny because of course, like making fragrance is my craft. But now at this point where I have a business, I have to focus on everything from like marketing to execution to product collaborations and launches. And I'm just like, I'm so inspired by all these things, but I haven't made fragrance in a long time. And, you know, I want to. So a lot of the time now I'm composing notes, like just throughout my day in my notes section on my iPhone and I haven't even started playing around with them because I haven't had time, but it's something that again, like I'm exploring with the evolution of my own personal aesthetic. Are the, so are the notes in your phone, like your ingredient notes? Yeah. So I was actually going to ask about that. Like when you are creating like a new perfumer palette, do you see perfume like through your mind's eye? Like, do you like smell a smell or do you, I'm curious, like what comes first? Like, do you envision the person it's on and then the fragrance comes later? Do you envision the smell and then the person comes later? Like, what's that process like for you? It's probably bad, but I never envision a person. I just envision myself and I'm like, this is, it's so personal to me. And again, like that's the, that's why I do what I do is make fragrance like for myself to share with others. I bait, like I imagine what it would smell like. And it's nice. Cause I do have a fragrance library at this point that I have built over the years. And I kind of look through what I have. And sometimes like I'm doing research on other brands and I'm like, huh, like that's an interesting note. I have it, you know, there's always like trend notes too. Like everyone's into sandalwood and like Hinoki, but then it's like, if people actually knew what sandalwood smelled like, they wouldn't like it, but like, it's all about how sparingly you use it and what you mix it with. And it's like cooking. Like I didn't realize I'm not a cook or a chef or a baker, but like you can't mix like wet and dry. I'm like, who knew? Not me. Yeah. I didn't know, but it's the same with fragrance. Like you have to be very precise about, I mean, one drop can change one whole composition. So it's definitely interesting. I don't do the percentages on my phone. I basically do it when I have it in front of me and I could actually like smell test them. Mm -hmm. And I usually start with three versions of one fragrance. And if I'm really indecisive about it, I do five. That's, I mean, that sounds like a very doable amount. And then you just like wear them out through time just to see like how they wear on your skin or. Yep. I wear a different one every day and I give them to friends and I always ask for feedback I try not to give them to like (laughs) industry people because they always have a lot to say. And I'm very kind of like focused on my vision Mm -hmm. and I don't like too many opinions, which is probably like an unpopular opinion (laughs) and I should be more open, but it's, I don't know. No, if you have like 10 cooks in the kitchen, it's like too many. Like whenever I need advice on something, I pick like a, like three people tops. Cause if I have 10, it's never going to give me the answer I need, you know? It's funny because I ask people who wouldn't necessarily understand. So my boyfriend, for instance, like he never wore fragrance, like doesn't know anything about it other than like what I've shared with him. So I'll give it to him and he'll just be like, this smells good. And I'll be like, (laughs) why? And he's like, 
because like it's fresh. Like I need this like Mm -hmm. naive person to tell me like their likes and dislikes. Mm -hmm. And then I can kind of gauge it because then, you know, like you have to assume the consumer doesn't necessarily know about fragrance composition. They just like what they like because it smells good. So it's like having this like strategic understanding and positioning and then also like giving it to more of like a a new nose. Whenever I watch, this is a tangent here, but whenever I watch an award show, right? The Grammys, whatever. I'm like, that must be so nerve wracking. This musician performing for their entire industry because everyone's sitting in the audience being like, I had better backup dancers or like, you you hit that G flat. I don't even know what I'm saying. But when you but when you perform for your audience, for your people, that's the people that matter anyway, because that's who's boosting your career. So it's like, you don't need to send it to like, beauty editors or fragrance critics, send it to people who you'd actually want to buy your product. Exactly. And I'm lucky because my friends at this point, like still kind of know nothing about what I'm doing, but they like love it. They just like don't understand it. And it's not really like their place, which is totally fine. I'm like, tell me what you guys think about this fragrance. And they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, like it's a little too smoky. And I'm like, okay, like the terminology, it's helpful because a lot of people, again, like unless you're educated in fragrance, you wouldn't necessarily know. Right. And again, like sometimes too many opinions is just like. Never a good thing. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny because I, when I was trying these out, I just kept asking my boyfriend what he thinks of all the Deadpool fragrances. And I forced him to get into perfume and he doesn't understand it the way that I've, cause I've, you know, taken courses and tried to study it, but it's similar to what you said your partner does of just sniffing and being like, Hmm, good. I like, yeah. he loved, um, he also loved blonde on me and that was his favorite. So I'm just giving you some, uh, consumer feedback. Yeah. We are big blonde lovers over here. Does he wear it as well? He hasn't worn it, but you know what? Should. You were saying, so you have distribution in so many stores, even though now you're kind of focused D to C, but still incredible. And also you're not just in like any stores, you're in like very cool, well-regarded stores. So amazing. You're in like Credo, RIP Barney's. I was, you know, looking up your, your distributors. Have you ever done some undercover boss stuff or like you go in just to see if someone will like correctly sell you your perfume? Oh yeah. I've done that plenty of times. And I've also like sent my friends in to be like, do you have this fragrance and like, see what they say about it. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly the, a big reason why we started drifting from retailers because it's really hard to educate and you know, there's really no incentive and there's so many brands and I love shopping in person. That is like how I do my shopping, how I prefer Mm -hmm. online is something that I'm having to like figure out and navigate, but you know, I do love the stores. I do love working with buyers. It's just a little hard because we really want to focus on our mission and like how exactly we communicate that to our consumer. So lucky enough, prior to the pandemic, we were big in direct-to-consumer. As time moves forward, that's really where we're focusing because again, like our customers are consuming our emails. They're following us on Instagram. Like they are a part of the brand as opposed to walking into some brick and mortar Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, I think this fragrance is natural. I'm not sure. And like, I'm just like, you can't really say like natural. And it's like educating the people on like what's different between clean and natural and non-toxic. And I mean, it's not their fault. There there's thousands of brands out there. Mm -hmm. So it's tough. Right. I want to talk more about your experience creating fragrances. You mentioned you were self-taught. Like, how did that come to be? Did you have to take any courses? And like, I saw, I was just looking at your website and obviously like everything is up to code with IFRA and everything. What was that learning curve for you as someone who just started making fragrance to like get things regulated? 
So I am very lucky and fortunate. I did have, you know, the experience. So I come from a background of manufacturing and beauty. Mm-hmm. In the 80s, my mom started her company called La Natura, and they primarily focused on this was like kind of before clean beauty was ever a thing. Mm-hmm. So in the 80s, like it was kind of, you know, like a health hub. And at the time, like people were interested in consuming like green products. Mm-hmm. So she had her own brand and she had like storefronts and uh, was next to like the original Air One. I'm not sure if you're familiar. I don't live in LA, but I, have, yeah. I know it. I know it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm like, not sure. I'm like, do people outside of LA, like, do they know what Air One is? Just like culturally, I understand. Yes. <laughs> just like health food, wheatgrass, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And she started her company in the eighties with my dad. And that's really what they've done. And they, let's see, timeline. In the 90s, I think they started manufacturing their own products because they found it to be really difficult working with suppliers, Mm -hmm. which it's extremely difficult working with suppliers and having a manufacturer make your product. I mean, we don't make our candle in-house. That's like the one thing we do. And like every day I'm endlessly calling our person like, we missed our deadline. Can you give me an update? Mm -hmm. Where like it's you're always on top of someone. Mm -hmm. So um, growing up, I'm an only child and my parents my mom said like, you know, three months after I was born, I was under her desk at the office, at the store. And I was pretty much raised in their facility every after, after school activity. Like I was in the facility and this is like a lab mixed with manufacturing, mixed with like Mm -hmm. a warehouse. Mm -hmm. And then they primarily focused, they do a lot of like, or did high-end body care. So they focused on manufacturing for the Four Seasons hotels, doing like spa treatments. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like having zero interest and I've done everything in the factory from like cutting straws to packaging to putting labels on things. Like I was always, it's so funny. We laugh about it now. I was like, this is child labor. Mm -hmm. I was there like in the summer, just like working with the production team as like an extra hand, which I mean, taught me so much and was fun because like I get, got to hang out with my parents, even though they were like very like serious business people and I was not. So, you know, my mom had always said to me like one day, like you're going to take over our business. And I was like, I don't care about skincare and I don't care about beauty. Like I wouldn't say like I identified more masculine, but like, I'm not, I don't do my hair. I don't wear makeup. Don't do my nails. I'm very uh, minimalist. Mm -hmm. And I've always identified again, loving masculine fragrance profiles. Don't really wear, I'm not a girly girl. So it had no, I had no interest. And I just remember, you know, I feel like my parents were, they were kind of sad that they had built this and I had no interest. And it really took me um, until later in life that I appreciate even that just there way of living. Like I came from a very organic household and I was very resistant of that. I thought my parents were really lame for, you know, only buying organic. And my dad is hundred percent plant-based. And it's funny now because I look back and my parents are like, you're a lot stricter than we are with all this. And I guess it came with age and an appreciation. And I really focused on a green and holistic lifestyle, which then led me to doing what I like to do, which was fragrance. So I had always helped them in fragrance because I thought it was fun, but it was never like a serious thing that I wanted to focus on. It kind of just came to be. And I was able to use the facility and in like the nicest way possible, say, 
not like buy them out, but like their facility is now my facility and the staff that has always been there. I, you know, they're on my payroll and it's kind of shifted because at this point, like the hotel business is done and their business had changed so much um, since 2008 because of the recession and Mm -hmm. all the mom and pop stores closed. So in 2016, I built Deadco with literally no money, um, had the infrastructure, which was very lucky. And then started onboarding their team as my team and really kind of just like taking over the space. And that's where we're at now. So it's great because my parents are supporting me hundred percent. And my mom has always been like, you need to be vegan certified. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but if you tell me like, maybe I can understand it. Right. And that's kind of just like how we move forward and how I learned it was all experience. It's so lucky to have a mom in a similar industry to like help you and say, you know, this is something that you need to know or just the things that you wouldn't look out for. I mean, that must be funny for the people who work in the facility having seen you as their coworker, child laborer. Yes. And then all of a sudden, like also hilarious, like anyone receiving Lanitur products is getting something made by 10-year-old Karina. I know. Just don't tell anyone. <laughs> um, that's so funny. Have you ever had um, any cool like celebrity shout outs or like anything that you're like, oh my God, they just posted about dead cool? Um, Miley Cyrus has worn dead cool a bunch. I gave it to her personally. So I thought that was really cool. Oh my God. I know. You know Miley? I don't know her, but I met her and went to her house once and I was like, oh my God, this is. You went to Miley Cyrus. Wait, is this like a story you can share? Like how you ended up at Miley Cyrus's house? Yeah. So my cousin is a musician and he worked with everyone and, you know, he supports me. We're family. He's like. I'm going to this art gallery and Miley's going to be there. You should come. And I was like, yes. And I like brought all my fragrances and then I like gave it to her. I think she had like a deal with someone so she couldn't post about it, but I, it was very new into dead cool. And yeah, she loved it. She liked fragrance too. She was really cool. I could see that for her. I feel like that's a good Miley freak. Okay. Yeah. So we all like went to her house after and it was really fun. And I'm trying to think of who else. Jared Leto cool. used to like buy Dead Cool. Um, trying to think. There's like a few people, some cool people, but it's funny because like you just see like people's assistants buying for them and you never really know. Right. You don't know what happened to it, Yeah, but you just got to assume they all were and they were obsessed. Like Exactly. Probably. Exactly. I love it. Mm-hmm. Do you, okay. So I was thinking about this earlier. Did you watch Euphoria? Yes. Okay. Can we play a game where thinking about the main characters, which scent they would wear of yours? I'm trying to, I have to, I just like came up with this on the spot. So I have to like, remember what their names are. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't remember exactly. Okay. Okay. Let's try. Okay. So there's Maddie and she's the one who dates the asshole. Right. Okay. And like, it's right. the one that like wears that outfit. Right. Yes. Yes. And, um, there's, uh, I should have come prepared and had the names. I'm going to get the list. I'm pulling up the list right now. Yeah. But if you want to start thinking visually. Um, I mean, Zendaya would wear, I would probably say, see, this is okay. I did really like Euphoria, but I wasn't as invested as everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I don't know why, but I loved like the costume, the makeup, like the set design, they killed it. Mm-hmm. But I love, I don't, Jules. Jules. Yes, Jules. I was obsessed with Jules, am obsessed with Jules. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter, I don't know. Hunter Shaker. Yes. Shaker. Yeah. And um, I'm actually like kind of friendly with the makeup artist on uh, Euphoria. So she had a bunch of stuff in her trailer and I was like, flip it in. Yeah, I was just like, let me know what they think. Um, so Hunter, oh God, I think Jules would probably wear, hmm, 
I don't know, probably fragrance three. I think I could totally see them wearing that. And Mm -hmm. Zendaya, I'd say probably fragrance one. And then Maddie, I would see her wearing like a Rocco mint or something because she's like Mm -hmm. very like cool and sexy. And there's just like this uh, mystery about her. Mm -hmm. And then the guy, I forgot his name. He's really cute. There's also um, Kat. She's uh, Oh, I love her. Yes. Yes. I'm obsessed with her. Okay. She would definitely wear a fragrance too. Love it. Yeah, I see that. I can see that. Okay. This is fun. I just wanted to play that game. I know. I like this. Today's Perfume 101 is on the perfume note, Amber. Amber, she's not just the mean girl you went to middle school with. So when we talk about amber and perfume, we are actually not talking about a singular note. It is not the material that fossils are made out of. It is an accord. A perfume accord just means that that is a combination of multiple notes to create that scent. So whenever a note lists amber, it is not fossil material. It is a combination of the following. Benzoin, labdanum, and vanilla. Does that help? Probably not, because you're probably wondering what benzoin and labdanum are. So benzoin is a sap that is found in a specific tree and it kind of has that like sticky sweet vibe think sap and labdanum is a resin that is found in a specific shrub and labdanum actually smells sort of leathery to my nose so whenever a perfume has an amber accord listed it's probably gonna have a sort of cozy sticky sweet warm sometimes spicy vibe some classic fragrances with amber accords would be chanel coromandel bois d'argent by christian dior armani c maison francis kirchian grand soir hermes l'ombre des merveux chalamar think warm sticky sweet spicy and that is the amber accord now back to the app what is a typical day like for you? So every day I would say is different. I, it's interesting, like weeks, I would say kind of blend together, but you know, a typical day could be on like seven different calls with my marketing team, my creative team, my other marketing, email marketing team, or just like connecting with people in the space, thinking about, you know, how we can like cross promote or do like giveaways I barely work from home. I've actually just warmed up to the idea because my office is really loud and I really do love working from home. I can really like be at home and be alone with my thoughts as opposed to just like, it could get really distracting. Mm -hmm. So I get in probably at like 8.30 and it's great because my office is in the manufacturing facility. So downstairs we have the full lab and we have the production and the upstairs is our creative office and our administration office. So prior to 2021, um, everything was very scrappy and I was on every single photo shoot creating every single like mood board working with a lot of like freelancers on packaging and just having like endless meetings with that. And now my days are a little more structured because I'm working with like people who are really like focusing on the brand as a whole. And I can kind of, again, like focus on being creative, which is what I'm best at. I'm definitely not like this traditional like CEO. I've definitely had to have like an interesting relationship with that. But, you know, for instance, today has been amazing. I cleaned up the beach on, you know, celebrate Earth Day and I came home and had like a little bit more of a relaxed day and had, you know, like a two hour meeting with my marketing team and our potential collaborators. And, you know, tomorrow will be a lot of administration work focusing on getting, we're doing like a new website, new marketing plan. So it's really just like 
organizing and kind of like focusing on foundation building. Mm -hmm. So when you ask me what it looks like, it's like the past few months of this year have been so different from what I'm used to. And it's funny, I had like a photo shoot the other day and I thought to myself, like, I thought I was done with scrappy photo shoots, but it was like a placeholder for something because we have a big shoot coming. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I guess not. And my friend was like laughing. She's like, you'll never be done with those like DIY, which is true. I mean, I loved the experience and it's taught me so much. Mm -hmm. And I really have an understanding of every aspect of my company, which I think is such a valuable tool and resource. Right. Has it been hard, especially as a young founder, like having to figure out how to establish authority or separate yourself from things that you normally like to, you know, cross every T, dot every I? Yeah, I would say it's probably one of my biggest obstacles. Everyone who I've hired like in-house, you know, they're my age or a little bit younger. And it's hard to have like this boundary of like, are we friends? Are we colleagues? Are I don't like being like a boss. I feel that. I understand that for sure. But also I'm like the youngest person in every like meeting I'm in, right. which is also like intimidating in some way. And at this point now I've kind of like, okay, I'm 27. Like I'm not 22. I have like a little bit more of some wisdom. Right. It's interesting because during our pivot and I found having people, we do have people in house, but more so like creative. And I find it to be really distracting and like really hard because I do have this, like, it's tough being like, you have to deliver this to me at this point. Like, I'm just not that person. Right. And I'm definitely like a strong business person, but I'm also very sensitive and I don't like to hurt people's feelings. And I don't, you know, like I would never want to be like the devil wears Prada. And right. that's just like my biggest fear in life that I would, yeah, I would never. The angel wears dead cool. Yes. Literally, thank you. The angel wears dead cool. So <laughs> I've had to restructure and really understand myself as a business person and a business owner yeah. and realize like I need to hire people who can give me like the best quality work. And I don't necessarily have to direct everything because again, like I don't know everything and I can't pretend I know what the best marketing method is mm -hmm. and what the best like person to pose with our product or like I have an idea, but it's really just focusing and honing in on how we can like cultivate this and really get the best results. So I'm kind of like in a more relaxed state of mind, but again, like having your own business, you're, you feel like you're in control of everything or you want to be. So letting go is also an interesting relationship I've had with the company. It's your baby yeah. and it's your creative vision. So it's trying to figure out what you don't have to oversee versus what you do. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard. It must be hard to manage people who are your contemporaries. It's hard. It's super it's really hard. hard. I mean, you know, I have had great relationships with all the people who work for me, but I'm like, ah, maybe I wasn't the most professional, which like I want to be, but it's so hard because I'm like, we're the same age. We obviously would be friends in real life. And right. you're like, I hired you because I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like setting that boundary, right. which then I'm like, okay, no more people in house. We do have some, but yeah. we're not really focusing on that. We're kind of focusing on like spreading out and using more agencies that I've trusted and have worked with in the past. And at this point, I'm like, you know, they're going to give me the best work. I can kind of just focus on what I'm best at and let them focus on what they're good at. And yeah. Yeah. That's great. You were talking about how you used to split your time between New York and LA. And I'm wondering if you saw any difference geographically in like what consumers were purchasing. Like, is there a scent that's super popular on the West Coast and like one that does better on the East Coast or anything like that that you're just like, why is that? 
Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, even just like looking at analytics and having, you know, access to all people buying my product, you're seeing, you know, people in the South wear more of like a citrusy scent Mm -hmm. and then New York, more like cosmopolitan city. I would say like European influenced more of like these like darker, greener scents. And then of course, like dead cool based out of LA, everyone's wearing like really fresh and like light fragrances. But my, uh, my Barney's consumer was definitely older and I do have an older customer, which again, we're trying to kind of like, we're not alienating anyone. We love people of all ages and all kinds of humans, but I'm like, there is a missed opportunity here with like the younger Gen Z and millennials who actually care about sustainability and who actually care about, I mean, I'm not to say that people of the older generation don't, but it's just like, this only makes sense. Like dead cool is cool and edgy. And we have all the things that cater to all of these people and we need to focus on it. And, you know, of course, like we are for everyone. People have asked, they're like, oh, like who's your demographic? And the natural answer is everyone. But at the same time, it's like, you have to really give like an educated answer based off of like what you're putting out there and how you want people to receive it. Right, right. What's something now, you know, you, you started your business in 2016. What's something that looking back, you know, now that you just wish you had known when you started? Huh? I mean, I feel like the thing is I had no budget. So I'm like, if I could do it all over again, I would find way somehow to get the budget to like hire the right people because a lot of 2016 to 20, even 19 was trial and error. Mm. And I wish I had maybe like someone I could look up to in terms of like, you know, direct to consumer business and understand trends and understand that like, I shouldn't necessarily be making these ads because like, I have no idea what translates, like what do these people want to see? So I would have definitely liked to have like a, you know, like an old, not old, but like, you know, someone with the experience who has like done it from start to finish. But I also look at people and there's like a formula to starting a successful brand. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if those people like know how to balance their books. The answer is probably no, Mm -hmm. because I had to start like the nitty gritty. I was like still in college when I started Dead Cool. So it was like, I was in school and I had my laptop and people were emailing me and I was just like, oh yeah, like I'll respond later because it's not really a big deal. And now to the point where like, I can't leave my computer, which is also like, I realize not really a sustainable way of life. I'm working on it. I have waves of this, but it's just, yeah, you just, I mean, patience is everything. And having the vision is really also the greatest thing that you can have because it really will steer you into the right direction or the direction you want to see your company or whatever it is grow. That is great advice. Okay, Karina, we have an ending segment that we play and the game is called What's That Smell? Mm, What's That Smell? It's rapid fire. I'm going to say some things and you tell me the first one word smell that comes to your mind. It can be an actual scent or it can be like um, whatever. There's no wrong answer. Okay. Are you ready to play What's That Smell? Yeah. Okay. Dead cool. The best. (laughs) Karina. Madonna Lily. Love it. New York. Ooh, trash. <laughs> okay, I had another LA person on the episode the other day who also literally said trash. Um, that's <sighs> Well, you just see trash like on the street and it's like hot and like it's cooking. Yeah, New York is hot garbage. Yeah. That's why I love it and I call it home. No, I love it too. Yeah, New York is the best. LA. Um, LA, I would say sea salt. Wait, I feel like she said that too. Really? Oh, no, no, no. She said Pisces with sea salt because I asked her about her sign. Wait, what is your sign, by the way? I'm an Aquarius. Okay. And what smell do you associate with Aquarius? 
Um, oh, I'm really bad at astrology. I'm also like the person who's like, I don't know what time I was born. I have no idea about anything, but I would just say like a cloud because we're an mm. air sign. Yeah. Like a fresh, like moist, but that's like no smell maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Just some like something in the, in the atmosphere. Yeah. What is the smell of science to you? Science. Oh, it's funny. My first thought was like food, not like food, but like vegetables and like raw materials. Mm. Interesting. Love. Love. Um, I just see the color red. <laughs> That's not a scent. It could be a scent. It could be, you know, red has a smell. Yeah. If you have like synthesia, right? Yeah. Sex. Sex. Uh, sweat. <laughs> Your first kiss. My first kiss. Oh God. Uh, see, I'm not like, I don't like see scent. It's so interesting. My first kiss, the first thing that I thought of was acne. Like that's not, I mean. What does acne smell like? I don't know. I think we all know, unfortunately. I know. It smells like proactive. Yeah. Or just like noxema. Yes. Yes. What is the smell of your parents? Ah, my parents. <laughs> well, my mom wears the Nuco fragrance and my dad. Okay, wait, why doesn't she wear dead cool? So my dad, it's funny. My dad is super sensitive to fragrance. Like he cannot smell fragrance. And mm -hmm. it's like, he used to borrow my car for, I have an SUV and he would like lug shit in it. But now, cause I have the air freshener, he like can't mm. get in my car, which I'm kind of like, oh, like, sorry, can't use my car. <laughs> but um, Nuco is the only fragrance that my dad can't detect because it fades really fast and mm. it's very, very light. So my mom wears that. And it's kind of, we have like a joke with the Nuco we're like, can we like trade? My mom only wears your fragrance. So they'll like send her packages instead of like me and influencer packages. They'll send it to her and she feels really special. That's great. Let her yeah. reap the benefits of all of your hard work. Yeah. This is exactly what your parents wanted for you to get <laughs> yeah. your packages. Yeah. Okay. What is the smell you associate with like the first X of yours that comes to mind? The first X. Oh my God. Uh, Giorgio Armani or something like mm. super traditional. Okay. Yeah. We say X for a reason. Am I right? Yes, exactly. Oh, wait. Does your boyfriend now have a scent that he wears? I, I didn't ask. Um, so he sometimes wears uh, Red Dakota. Oh, I love that. Now I want my boyfriend to wear Red Dakota. Yeah, he should try it. I mean, it's just like, I always say people should try fragrance each day. So like, it's fun to kind of have this exploratory phase. Um, he doesn't really wear it. He doesn't, he's not like good at grooming. But sometimes he'll be like, can you paint my nails? Like he's like trying. Mm. So he'll always be like, do you smell me? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And he's like, and I'm like, but you're wearing it to my parents' house. And you know, my dad doesn't like fragrance. So you wore it at the wrong time, but <laughs> I appreciate oh it. Yeah. The irony that your dad doesn't like fragrance and like you are in the fragrance industry is that he can't enjoy your fruits of your labor, right? I know he like, he loves everything we're doing, but he's just like, I can't smell you if you're wearing fragrance. I appreciate you, but I cannot smell you. Okay. And then the last thing I want to talk about Karina, because I did do my research. We need to talk about your bat mitzvah. Yeah. Your bat mitzvah goodie bag. <laughs> so is this the perfume that you were talking about that you first designed when you were 13? Yeah. The taunt fragrance was my bat mitzvah fragrance and Taunt was your bat mitzvah fragrance. Mm -hmm. So everybody walking around in Taunt, everyone should know that they are wearing Karina Chaz, 13-year-old Minds <laughs> fragrance. That's amazing. Yeah, so I have always been like obsessed with really strong women. So it started with like Frida Kahlo. And this is like a very young age. 
like Amelia Earhart. I just idolized these like strong, like women who like shifted everything. And, um, of course, like Coco Chanel, we had the same initials. So that's really where it stemmed from. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have like my own CC fragrance. And this is when I started, you know, all my friends wore pink sugar and I was like, I kind of hate this. I want to make my own thing. I, I hate pink sugar too, for the record. It's funny. I was at the DMV like a year ago and I was like, are you wearing pink sugar to the woman? And she was cracking up. And I was like, that's like the OG. And yeah. it's funny. Cause I remember like my best friend at the time was wearing it and she was like, Oh, like, do you want some? And I was like, no, I like, don't really like that. And I remember talking to my mom about it and being like, I want to wear fragrance, but I don't like this pink sugar. And she's like, well, that's toxic and you shouldn't wear it anyway. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, let's go to Whole Foods and get you like some essential oils. And I was like, I don't like that. Like, that's not cool. You're going to smell like lavender and patchouli, right? Yeah. yeah. And then it was like, that's really like why, you know, I created Dead Cools because I wanted, I wanted fragrance for myself. And I, I had access to a chemist and it was like a fun project. She was like, if you want to make a fragrance, it was like this whole idea. I was like, I want a perfume that represents like myself to share with my friends and CC, you know, Karina Chaz and number 13 based on of my age. And I composed the fragrance with the chemist. So technically like I didn't make it a hundred percent from like start to finish, but I did direct it, I guess. It was your vision. Yeah. And it was funny because I gave that, like I designed the bottle. It ha I still have one. It has like a heart and it has like a rhinestone in the heart. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. It's like very minimal. And because again, like I wasn't very girly, but I was like, this is like, people will like this. Right. And I remember like the week after, cause we gave them as goodie bags. People were like, this fragrance is amazing. What is it? And my mom's like, Oh, like Karina just made it. Like that's it. And I remember my mom came into my room like weeks later and she was like, this is something that like, you probably like might be into because you had like experience in our lab. And even though like, you know, you don't necessarily know, but maybe like you have a hidden talent. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with this information. Like I'm 13 years old. You're like, I just became a woman. Can we chill for a second? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we, then we had that conversation when I was even like, I think like 17, when Twilight approached me, she's like, I think like you could probably do something with this. And I come from like, my grandma was very business oriented, like my mom, very business oriented. And I was like, I want to be an artist. I don't like beauty. I don't care about it. And she was like, okay. And yeah, when I went to university, I basically did all my homework in my parents' office because I had gone away to school and it wasn't for me. So I'd come back and all my friends were still out of state and I had like no one. So I had the time to really focus on like creating fragrances. And then I was like, what should I do with this? And I made an Instagram page and then Nasty Gal reached out to me and they're like, we like what you're doing. I had no bottle, no physical sample. You're like a siren for these like amazing brands, like Twilight and then Nasty Gal just being like, what's up? Do this. Yeah. It gave me the confidence though, even though they went bankrupt like three weeks after they approached me. Wow. And then Barney's too. You're like the last good thing that these stores get. Oh and my then... God. It's, yeah. And I, I didn't have a bottle. I didn't have anything. I yeah. like 
people to give me samples and I delivered it to them in downtown and, you know, like never heard from them, which is totally fine. But it gave, I was like, okay, if like nasty gal can like see this concept on Instagram where I literally had no product imagery because there was no product. Right. Um, I was like, maybe this is like something I can try. And I tried it and it clicked, but of course, like all good things take lots of work. So it was very organic. <laughs> Okay. Well, Karina, I'm so impressed with your story. Like this idea that you started as a 13 year old making about, also, I wanted to let you know at my bat mitzvah, the table that I sat at was Coco Chanel number five. Oh my God. I feel like we are soul sisters. Yeah, we are. I had to tell you, which was like, I didn't even know what that perfume was at the time. I just loved perfumes. And my mom was like a perfume bottle. Yeah. But sisters. Okay. I love that. Um, so I'm just so inspired by your story and clearly it's equal parts, just like success and also just like meant to be the fact that all these people just find you and your product is amazing. I will personally be buying a full bottle of blonde, cannot say enough good things. I'm going to make my boyfriend try Red Dakota. Yeah. Be like Karina's boyfriend wears Red Dakota. So you're going to wear Red Dakota. <laughs> um, if people want to find you, if people want to check out Dead Cool, where can they do it? I would definitely say go to Credo. If you guys have a Credo in your local area, they're amazing. They have a really great selection. Um, we also sell sample packs online. We have a stockist page. I haven't updated it because I don't want to remove Barney's because I'm still so proud of this achievement. It's so beautiful to look at. You can't, you can't. <laughs> I know. People are like, Barney's is closed. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. It's still, it's there in the grave. Like, I don't care. It's been a hard year. Give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, so on online, use the code cool15. You'll get 15% off. Ooh, yeah, I love a unique code. Yeah. And you know, subscribe to our newsletter. It's fun. Follow us on Instagram. We make great smells. Our new slogan is, or one of our new slogans is dead cool makes sense. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Lots of newness to come this year. So definitely stay tuned. Amazing. Karina, thank you so much for doing the pod. This was great. Everyone listening, please go follow Dead Cool. Get a sample pack. Check out Credo. Do a little undercover boss yourself and let us know if they sell the shit out of it. Yeah. And of course, you can always follow me on Instagram at Emma Vern, on TikTok at Emma underscore Vern. And we just launched an Instagram for the podcast. Follow that at Perfume Room Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you, Karina. Thank you, guys. Perfume Room is co-produced and edited by Adam Avalos, music by Max Vernon, and art by Israel Rodriguez. 